This is Dr. Baba Kazizadeh. You are listening to the Smile Podcast, where I will be sharing with you my unique and holistic perspective on beauty, health, and wellness. Hello. <laughs> Millions of people have surgery every year. Or you could just get a boob job. Using targeted Botox can be a miracle. Smiling like that is a skill. Your surgery has been successful. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Smile Podcast. I'm Dr. Azizadeh, and um, today I have a very special guest, Rebecca Delmavandi, who happens to not only be one of the top fashion executives, uh, where she's been CEO of Buscemi, president of Vince, global branding, and all that stuff, but she also happens to be my sister-in-law, and I'm so excited to have her on this show to really talk about the impact of coronavirus on the retail, beauty, fashion, everything, because it's just like really, really made a tremendous impact and kind of decimated that whole industry for a while. So I'm really excited to get her input and welcome this morning, by the way, for everybody, her and I went and donated blood uh, at the behest of my daughter. So we both... <laughs> We're, we're both like, really, our tank is kind of empty from donating blood, but we're happy to be doing this podcast. Absolutely. Hi, Bob. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Well, this will be fun. Um, you know, after having been in the uh, basically fashion industry for over 20 years now, um, the fashion consumer space has been in a, you know, a slow decline over the past couple years to say the least but the beauty retailers were thriving pre-pandemic and um interestingly enough um we we were seeing this shift in many brands going towards beauty because of that uh and now with the pandemic as you said uh the entire consumer and fashion landscape has really just been annihilated and people are struggling to keep afloat and uh, you know, Sephora really helped change the face of uh, people's way of purchasing cosmetics. You know, it used to be you would either go to the drugstore or you would go to the department store, but there was never really a fun place to just go, uh, you know, have your little shopping basket go around. And, and Sephora really transformed that with the multitude of brands they had. Um, Sephora recently you know obviously they were shuttered just like the department stores and as of the end of may they've started to open some stores and so what they're doing is um obviously you know just like supermarkets and stuff you have like yeah how are they doing the whole like testing and all that because yes. people don't want to touch other people's stuff well first of all cosmetics there's testers are eliminated so it's now decimating oh the beauty industry because First of all, when you think about it, it was kind of disgusting. People go to the department <laughs> store and everybody like tying each other's lipstick. I mean, and for those who don't know, Rebecca <laughs> is an official germaphobe. <laughs> way before, way Corona. before the coronavirus. But so what department stores were doing over the years, would they would you have a little alcohol spray and you get a Kleenex spray on the top of the lipstick, but you'd still see people I mean, how was it monitored? Wow. People sticking their fingers in stuff, putting it on their lips, on their eyes, and let alone all the other kinds of bacteria and stuff you can catch with that. So 
That has completely been eliminated because of COVID. High touch surfaces at Sephora are gone. Um, they've suspended in-store services like makeovers and treatments. Those are all on hold. Um, and so, and of course it's like, you know, if you're shopping at the supermarket there, they have a one way aisle in which you're going yeah. to pick product. Now, interestingly enough for Sephora, and I don't know if the other stores are doing it, i.e. department stores or not, they are going to destroy any and all returns that come in because you don't know who's touched it or even if it looks like a new package there's no way and that could be beneficial kind of to them but some people like the fact that they want they can return it so they'll buy more thinking that they right. can well you you had you know i think the thing is they can still return it now but what's going to happen is returns are going to be at such a high they can't resell the product even if it looked unused right before it would go back on the shelf we can't do that so who's going to get, you know, billed back for it? Obviously the companies and manufacturers. So they're going to be annihilated from returns. But again, it's a safety feature, which I think is smart. Um, the other thing that's happening now, because you've seen this like um, shrinking of department stores. It's been going on for a while. Unfortunately, we were all sad, but Barney's had shut down right before the, the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, Neiman Marcus was having financial difficulties throughout this, you know, before the pandemic. And once the pandemic hit, they officially filed for bankruptcy, which that's crazy. You know, who doesn't love Neiman Marcus and the heritage and culture that it's had for years. Um, Saks Fifth Avenue was one of the ones doing okay, oh, yeah. but they, you know, because they have big real estate holdings. However, they've shut down their Lord and Taylor. They own Lord and Taylor department stores. That's gone now. And Macy's, who was one of the bigger ones, they've now um, had to lay off staff. They're showing they're going to have about a billion dollar loss is oh what they're God. estimating, wow. which is that's crazy. Um, Nordstrom was the only like really financially healthy of the group, um, and still majority owned by um, the Nordstrom family. They're having store closures as well. So, you know, and Macy's is laying off a ton of corporate staff. So while department store business was already having problems, this is just, it's, it's really, it's just tragic. It's really sad as to what's going on. What do you um, think, uh, Becca, what do you think, um, like a year from now, two years from now, if coronavirus goes away, do you think that this has permanently damaged the way people are going to consume and find stuff with, obviously we use Amazon all the time. We go, I go online and get this and that. Do you think this is a, per, of course it was happening already, but do you think this is going to accelerate and what's going to happen two years from now, not today, but two years from now for the companies and the retailers and the beauty um, you know, retailers that are going to be still in, you know, in business? Well, it, it's a good question. So let's use, let, let's use a cosmetics brand as an example, because this was recently a huge announcement. So, um, I don't know, most women are familiar with Laura Mercier products. Yeah. She does probably some of the best, you know, uh, concealers and this and that for women. Uh, you were able to buy Laura Mercier in Sephora and at high-end department stores such as uh you know uh, a Saks or or what have you 
Um, Laura Mercier just announced because of all the closures and what's happening, they're now going to be selling to Boots. And Boots is the UK pharmacy store. It's basically owned by Walgreens. Yeah. So that's the equivalent. So, uh, you know, Revlon and these other kind of brands were in like pharmacies. The fact, I know Boots is a little bit more upscale and it's cool to shop at Boots, but the fact that Laura Mercier is going to sell her product, which sold at Saks and support now at Boots, that's something that that's hasn't, really, for them. Yeah. It hasn't really been done before. And I think it's a result of this because if Barney's is closing, a lot of these other stores are closing. Where are they going to get their business? Yeah. And people don't go and shop lauramercier.com. Usually they don't. You're shopping on, uh, you know, neimanmarcus.com or, or these. Uh, and you're getting it from there. Multi-brand websites, yeah. right? So they need to figure out how they're going to expand, which goes to about Amazon. Most brands that you're familiar with from a contemporary uh, clothing level. Luxury, luxury yeah. They do not allow their products on Amazon. Uh, and that's from a brand integrity standpoint. Uh, it, it's looked kind of down upon. It cheapens your brand. So there's a real struggle as to the department stores are closing down. Where are you going to go? Who, how are you going to get to your customer? So before the pandemic, most brands were really pushing up their, um, their e-com business. Um, but to compete with a small luxury brand, to try to compete with an Amazon or even an Neiman Marcus, you just, you can't. So it, this is really the struggle of all the marketing dollars really needed to go and do, you know, Instagram posts and, and, and proper digital marketing. A lot of these brands can't afford it enough to make a dent in their business. So it's a big struggle and, and the expense of, you know, free returns and, and free shipping and the whole warehousing aspect of it logistically is, is really a struggle for a lot of companies, which has opened the door to some other brands such as, um, you know, you've always had luxury retailers like Netta Porter was one of the first one. Farfetch recently came on the online. Let's, I mean, let's use around, you know, four years ago, five years ago. And they have really... Um, have done a great job. So what they do is, you know, you have all these wonderful small specialty stores, let's say like a Maxfields, or uh, in Europe you have uh, their version of these luxury specialty stores. They couldn't, they couldn't get their own websites running fast enough, right? In back in the day, it was too expensive to launch it. So basically, they would curate their product and sell it on something called like Farfetch. Yeah. And that basically gave a 20% increase or so in sales to these retail stores to help them survive because these small specialty stores were shutting down before the pandemic because they weren't getting foot traffic. Now with no foot traffic, it's been really, really difficult for, for these stores. Because that's what I, I always think, you know, again, I, the only aspect that I know is obviously I think the skincare, um, you know, skinceutical market that you know can be dominated by these doctor brands and some other brands that don't have quite kind of the ingredients and more of the you know uh some of the stuff we sell in our in our medical practices but i what i would hear from my patients was like you know they found these brands it was less about the influencers and instagram it was a lot more 
what they saw at Sephora or what exactly. they saw at Neiman Marcus. They would walk around, browse, see the various different things. I'm wondering, is that out the door? And now we're going to be relying on the influencers on Instagram to drive the majority of the new brands and what the cost structure is going to be for those brands to really get that. You know, it, it's a good question. And that's, I think that's the unknown and that's what's been happening with the department stores because uh, department stores, it's already happened in apparel product, right? They're throwing out brands. They're not keeping as many on the floor because they have to keep shrinking. They, they don't want to be stuck with the inventory. The cosmetics business was different a little bit than retail as it was more of almost a consignment basis kind of industry, right? So that, that worked out a little bit differently. There, the department stores have all made these huge cosmetic floors and the shift in what's happening to them, you know, we don't even know if the department store is going to survive two years from now. If it is, there's not going to be 150 doors. It's going to be, you know, smaller doors. Saks and Bergdorf, what they're trying to do, they're just opened up in New York. And, you know, let's see how long that lasts before, you know, we do another shutdown. But they're offering things like, same day delivery to the Hamptons, private by appointment only shopping in store. I mean, yeah. these are all things that, you know, there was no way you could shut down even a floor of a department store before unless it was some like, you know, queen of who knows where coming to visit, right? So there's all these kind of new ways. And with Zoom, you know, you're going to have these personal shoppers and maybe they're going to be having the product that, you know, the person shows it to you and tries it on and, and the makeup artist. But this one-on-one -on -one of sitting, getting your makeup done and then going and- At no charge. At no charge. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a big problem. That's over. And I think it's what's going to happen, my guess is that it's going to be like, you're going to sit down and you're going to pay a certain amount of money and they're gonna just put four or five different things together, you're gonna take that with you. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. If you like it, great. You know, you could keep it and you'll keep coming back. I just can't imagine, even when the pandemic is over, for anybody to want to use someone else's lipstick or mascara yeah. or any of that stuff, because I think the entire consumer industry is now like, oh my God, you know, we need to be cleaner. You know, the planes need yeah. to be cleaner. The department stores need to be cleaner. The retail. Um, well, what they're going to offer is smaller testers now, right? Yeah, so yeah, gonna, yeah. Those they can just throw away. You're going to have to do little, like, little small testers, and then you throw it away. But it's going to be a huge expense. I mean, makeup, everything was already increasing. It's going to be quite an expense that the manufacturers are going to have to take on as well in order to sell their product. What's it, Becca, what's going to happen to like Hermes and some of these super, super high luxury brands? Are they going to, you know, embrace the online market or they're just going to continue keeping it very exclusive into their stores and so forth? Well, Hermes and Chanel are the two like luxury brands who really do not sell their product online because they are, you know, the top of the pyramid. And their outlook, the way they, and, and again, this could change, but up until now, you know, uh, and let's use Chanel as an example. Chanel sells its licensed products, meaning sunglasses, cosmetics, fragrances, some of the lower priced items. They do sell that online because you can find all kinds of Chanel makeup and eyewear and things like that. 
They do not sell Chanel handbags online. Uh, and they want the customer to come in the store and have an experience. And to them, I don't think they're going to change that. And the same with Hermes. Now, when China first opened up, there were lines, I mean, everywhere. I think Hermes had one of its biggest days in, in, in Hong Kong right after they finally opened up. So they're doing okay. You know, Chanel is saying they're going to have a huge loss this year. But those kind of bigger companies can kind of handle it. And I think over time, they'll be okay. You have more, I guess you'd call it second tier of luxury, LVMH group products, such as the, uh, you know, the Celine's or, uh, you know, the next level of luxury. And they already sell their bags and things like that online, which you can find. And you can even find their shoes online. So, uh, you know, I think the other two, they're going to keep their small leather goods and things like that and, and um, handbags and things. They're not going to sell that online. They're going to just stick with the lower priced items. Um, but it's known that Hermes and Chanel are the most backward, the most behind in the, the race of technology. And they which they kind of don't need, need to do that anyway. Right. Now, what's right. going to happen, and this is, I'm just curious, like, trying on clothes, like, during this pandemic, where, like, people don't even, like, you know, get close to one another, let alone putting on a clothes at a department store that someone else just tried on? Well, th that's interesting. So what's happening from what I've heard, you know, because I haven't walked into the department stores yet myself because of my own, you know, fear of uh, exposure, although I've gone into small specialty stores. But, you know, Nordstrom has always been known best in class for customer service. Yeah. So what Nordstrom is doing is right when you walk in, they're having hand sanitizers, they're having boxes of masks and gloves available that the consumer can use when they go into the store. Because if you think about it, you're going to be touching hangers. I mean, you know, again, yeah, they can't go and disinfect every hanger every day. They can't. So part of it is you have the disinfected around, you can use it. If you're making a return, let's say at Saks, they're doing, you know, they'll have two cashiers. The cashier on this floor is the only place you go for returns. They're storing all the returns in some different closet for two days. So the virus dies out before they put the product back. Well, that's on probably reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think one thing, yeah, one thing we've learned, it's not the virus isn't like, you know, sticking around for weeks, you know, yeah. probably for a couple of hours and then it's gone. And then you have, you know, you know, Selfridges and Harrods and, and uh, Printom and all these wonderful international department stores that were basing their business was off tourism, really, a majority of it. So yeah. you have people walking in saying, okay, you know, it takes the amount of staff it takes to run the department store and be on every floor. It, it's, you, you can't even have that many people. So does it even make sense when you can open, when you can only let, let in a certain amount of customers? So it's, it's this difficulty that a smaller specialty store can kind of handle and have a little line outside. People come in, take your temperature or wash your hand. Yeah. But the department store, the number of employees, that have to run the multiple floors and levels and the cleaning, they're, they're getting killed. They really the, are. The only thing is you never know because the consumer may think like, you know, there's more space. It's not as there congested. 
and they'll be like, I'd rather shop there than a little small boutique shop. Yeah. So we just don't know. Again, this is kind of the unknown of what's going to happen, you know, with consumer behavior. Okay. I have a question for you. What do you think And this? I don't know. Maybe it, it's a coronavirus question. Maybe it's not. <laughs> what do you think about the, how the influencers and Instagram, its role in product sales, consumerism, because it's such a big part of plastic surgery, Instagram from, you know, in terms of, you know, just because it's such a visual medium, right? And that's what plastic surgery is before and afters and surgery and so forth. What do you think about, what is it with the retail beauty fashion world and how do you feel that you know the instagram uh, influencers are impacting it well i mean when you think about it the fashion world is really what took off the influencers right that kind of gave them the clout it started in in art fashion industry and you had all these influencers basically being flown all around the world going to every fashion show you know, whether it was Paris, Milan, and being dressed by, you know, the best of the best, uh, the Valentinos and, and, and what have you, even Chanel, and sitting front row. So where the magazine editors used to be sitting front row and kind of ruled the world, you had these like Instagram sensations basically taking the front row of the fashion shows. And that's what happened that's another big spread of this pandemic because it all kind of started right during fashion week in Italy. And it was in the middle of fashion week and you have an influx of Asian buyers who come to Italy. And then from there they go to Paris and back to Italy and right in the middle of it, shows were being like stopped, music, everything was being shut down. And all these influencers started saying, oh, I got COVID, I'm so sorry. And then the whole front row of Gucci had to be notified that this influencer who sat near them carried COVID. So it became this, uh, it was, you know, the, the fashion industry is so global, unlike other industries, and it really goes to these major cities and hubs, and it really spread everything very quickly. So What happened was what I found have photographers, they're doing shoots, they're walking around. They're not doing that anymore. They're doing a lot of this at home stuff. And because people weren't, you know, it's loosened up a little bit now, but in the beginning you weren't even shipping packages back and forth because you were afraid to even open a box. So there was a good month or so in which there was a lag time of a lot of product and influencers wearing this and having new material to show. Um, and they were kind of on hold too. Now, I think what's going to happen is it's going to go on like supercharge where stores are going to even need to work more with influencers to be doing their at-home videos and, you know, makeup and this is what I'm doing. But them sending, you know, Revolve Clothing would be sending a bunch of the top 10 influencers uh, on a on a trip to uh, at Mykonos, and there would be some big fashion event and party, and it would be this whole story you would follow. They're not traveling right now. No, they're all so it's yeah. They're they're kind of out of work themselves right now, unless they can come up with their own great content and 
you know, maybe they're social distancing or keeping their own special, unique photographer, but their whole follow them because they went and, and they went to the Valentino fashion show and they went to this one and, uh, and the Celine in Paris and New York and their circuit has stopped just like Gucci and some of the other brands, Saint Laurent have said they're going to try to go seasonless and only do two seasons instead of four seasons a year. So everything is kind of slowing down. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's this massive push is still going to be online and the kind of marketing that can be done online to get people to buy. Okay. Our last question. What if you had kind of like, uh, you know, crystal ball, what's the biggest transformation that's going to take place in your industry because of the pandemic that in two, three years, we're going to look back and say, wow, this completely changed. Oh, well, I mean, that's a big question. I think, I think what, what they're saying, it's a, I think it's a couple answers. I think what they're saying is happening sooner than later. So China is going to overtake the U S as the world's largest retail market in 2020. That was supposed to happen in 2024. So that's happened as a result. It's quicker as a result of COVID because they have Alibaba, JD.com, and there's so much more uh, innovative in their technology. And they've used to, the Asian market has always been the first purchasers using the mobile phone even before you know the US. So that for sure is going to be happening. More people... Um, I think there's going to be a lot more store closures. For example, you you could have maybe uh, I don't know 70 theory stores back in the day all over you know uh, in LA. Let alone there would be 10, 15 of them. You're going to have three now. I mean, I think it's just the retail is going to shrink down. It's going to be less retail stores, um, more focus on neighborhoods, which has already been happening. Department stores. There's going to be one or two flagships here or there. Those are going to shrink down. And the online presence, it's, you know, what saved Neiman Marcus, they're, do, they're very successful with My Teresa, which they own. It's the equivalent of Net-A-Porter, right? And that, but that's based in Germany, same kind of thing. And NeimanMarcus.com. So you'll have these bigger websites. You know, Real Real is doing the consignment version of Net-A-Porter. Uh, and Farfetch, and those are going to continue to grow. And uh, this is really going to start affecting now the, the real estate landscape is going to change. So the fifth avenues of the world, um, you know, you start seeing a lot of for lease signs everywhere, you know, Soho, New York, I mean, which is, that's what happens in a downturn, but the land, the retail, it's like what happened on Robertson Boulevard in LA, it used LA, to be the yeah. big retail. And what is it turning into now? You're having, you know, different things pop up, whether it's the, the men, men, another restaurant or newer kinds of businesses. And then there were a lot of like cosmetic things popping up. That's like contracting. I mean, you're just think how much lipstick are you wearing now if you're wearing a mask all the time? The long stay lipstick, you're going to have a ton of new colors in the long stay lipsticks, but the normal lipsticks, I mean, who wants to keep having lipstick all over your mask? It's, it's yeah. a mess. <laughs> so, you know, I, I bet there's going to be a lot more when you start thinking about it, 
there's going to be a lot more focus on the eyes instead of the lips now. And so that's what we're seeing also in plastic surgery because people are like much more focused on their eyes and lower eyes and the aesthetics okay. and the lash volume and the eyebrow yeah. position and so forth. Versus before they wanted to keep yeah. pumping up the lips. Now, if your lips, if your mouth is covered half the time, spend, you know, spend no, everything. People up. still want that too. Yeah. <laughs> That's never going to end. After spending three months looking at yourself in the mirror, people are going to want a zoom. lot of things. And zoom. And, and zoom. zoom. Yeah, I have to like go get some work done. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. Uh, you know, and I think interestingly, um, an industry that was shrinking a little bit is is growing a little bit more so the activewear industry was getting a little yeah. bit oversaturated so the loungewear and the aloe yogas and and uh, sleepwear and people are sick of looking at stuff in their home so the home candles and little things to fix up your home yeah, a lot of people seeing, are remodeling yeah yeah buying because they they got to spend more time in their home yeah, fascinating. <laughs> Rebecca, thank you so much. This was awesome. As I told you, we're going to like just talk. You thought this was going to be a 10 minute uh, podcast, and I think it was like closer to 40. But I want to thank you. You're not only a brilliant, amazing uh, uh, executive, but you're an amazing sister in law. And uh, love you lots. And, love you too. And thank we'll you. Uh, talk and bring you back on as the world continues to evolve. Yeah, well, you know what we should months. do? We should, we should walk and do a Neiman Marcus walk through yeah, the Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be our, like, yeah, on the go. Podcast on, on the go. go. And then go and do a Sephora walk yeah. through together. Sounds and good. With our masks. With our masks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank Thanks, you. Man. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening and watching um, if you're on YouTube. And we really, really appreciate it. Please leave your comments. Uh, and also check us out. We just started our Smile Podcast Instagram. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll update all the shows and uh, all the seasons. And I uh, really appreciate your time, Rebecca. And I look Thanks. forward to our next podcast. Have a great day. Uh